Welcome to the City Women Podcast. I'm Mary Turner, and I'm joined by Ashley Kelly and Sharisa Great. This season, we are focusing in on the Lord's faithfulness and how that has shown up in the lives of several women here at City Church. These stories aren't finished and are oftentimes messy, but the Lord has proven faithful to them time and time again. We pray today's episode gives you hope and encouragement in your own story as well. Let's jump right in. Please welcome Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hello. It's nice being here with you guys. We're so thrilled to have you. Kathy, why don't you tell everybody just a little bit about yourself? I'm a widow, and I have been coming to City Church for eight years. The first year, my husband was dying of dementia, and it was hit. It was just you know here and there, but honestly, two days after his death, I started back to church here. I joined the safety security team. You see me sitting in the back. That's where my station is most of the time. I help with the kids. When Jeremiah needs someone just to come in and fill in, I do that. I uh, do the auditorium greeting, which is my favorite thing to do because I get to talk to people that have never been here. I get to welcome them. I get to get a lot of hugs. And you get good hugs. hugs. You are a great hugger. <laughs> and um, if you know, there is a need. I do help Charissa at times. I love helping Charissa. I use the word love a lot. Um, I get to help with the food giveaway, although I have kind of reached a limit because I'm almost 75. But as anywhere there is a need, I want God to help me fill it because I am more blessed helping, serving, then I bless. Yeah, you're you're everywhere. I mean, (laughs) probably everybody knows you because you're in every area. But I think this kind of leads into your story a little bit today. And when we were talking, it really started when you were little. Yes, I was raised in a home with a abusive alcoholic who was raised in a home where his dad abused his mom. Um, his brothers were abusive alcoholics. It was just kind of a family tradition. When I was, Dad never hit me. He did fight with my siblings, but he didn't hit me until I was 13, and then that was the end of it. Mom divorced him. When I was little, though, there I didn't go to church routinely, and when I did go, I usually went by myself. I lived in Houston, so there was plenty of churches within walking distance. I accepted Christ when I was 12. Actually, I wanted to join the Baptist Church. Do you know in the Baptist Church, you have got to be baptized before you can join it? It's in the name. I know. (laughs) So, I um, was, I had asked to be baptized that night, And then during that night service, I accepted Christ as my Savior. I always knew there was something there. I didn't quite know what it was. But when Daddy and Mama were fighting, I always knew God was protecting me, even though I didn't have that relationship. When I was 13 and they divorced, we moved to um, a little town, called Dayton outside of Houston 
I had, I'd never had self-esteem. I still fight with that. I have never had confidence. I still, at times, struggle with that. Um, but when we moved, I felt like I wasn't wanted because Mama had to work, and I just lived with this one and that one. And sometimes I knew I wasn't wanted, but I always knew Christ was, by then, I knew Christ was with me. Um, at 14, God blessed me with the man that I would spend 53 years with. He was 18, just turned 18. I was 14. Um, we both came from bad backgrounds, from bad homes, and God knew we needed each other to survive. Within four months, we were married. Yes, in Texas, you could marry back then with your mother's permission. So we did. Um, by the time I was 19, I had three children. And I stayed home. Sam was very possessive. He worked. I stayed home. I didn't really have any friends. I was, my children were all I had in Sam. And then um, by the time I was 23, I had another child, and that was it. I had babies good, Sam told me, <laughs> but he didn't want any more. So we had the last one. And then Sam, in a, a city crusade, he accepted Christ as his Savior. And that made our marriage that much sweeter because we could both believe, we could both trust God, even in our worst times. We could trust him because we both believed on him. He wanted to be a minister, but he couldn't read. So that's a story, another story for another time. Whenever we moved to Burns Flat, Oklahoma, they had a school. And it was a nurse's aide school. Like I said, Sam was very possessive. But he wanted me to have something to fall back on in case something happened to him. And he encouraged me to apply. I had to get my GED first, which I did. And then they also had an LPN school. And we decided I could do that. Of course, after about a month, because I wasn't home all the time. He wanted me to quit. But by then, I had my calling. My calling was nursing, and I knew it from the first patient I took care of. That was my calling. I figured I could go to LPN school until I failed, and then I was out. But then I never failed, so I kept going. <laughs> I became... Um, an RN, and then I got my bachelor's. I have two children. I actually have four, but two children that went into nursing. My daughter is a BSN nurse in Austin. My son is the uh, vice president of a facility over surgery uh, in Arkansas. So they both kind of watched me and followed my footsteps, Robin says. Mm -hmm. She said, Mom, I knew if you could do it with all four of those kids, 
<laughs> I only had two. <laughs> so that was that was up till my nursing. I again, Sam worked. He he did become a minister, but he took small churches to build them up, and I worked so that we could live. Whenever I was out of school for about eight, nine years, I went to work at Jane Phillips Hospital, and I went into the labor delivery, and that was my true calling. All of what I went through at 14, I wanted these girls to know that they had a life. They did not have to quit. Just because you had a child didn't mean that you had to drop out of school, that you had to not follow your dream. And that meant so much to me as a person, as a child of God, to be able to encourage these young women that came in that thought their lives were over. Yeah. And how long were you a nurse, Kathy? I was a nurse. I graduated in 1978, and I retired in 2013. Uh, I spent 23, 24 years in OB. So I, um, during this time, though, I developed cancer, and I went through treatment three different times, but I never had any fear. I never feared. When the doctor came in and told Robin that I had cancer, she just was so upset. But when she told me, I just, it was like, let's go to the store. I felt no fear. And even through all of my treatments, that's the way I felt because I knew if it was my time, I would go. But if it wasn't, I had work to do. So I, I had no fear. And it's been almost 15, 17 years. I also had an accident. Again, God was with us because a drunk driver hit us. I broke many bones, was in traction for a month. But I knew I'd make it because God was with me. He was faithful to me. And then each season that passed, you could almost feel it go into another season. I had the four kids. They grew up. They got married. I had grandchildren. They grew up. They got married, gave me some beautiful greats. Each season, it was God was with me. When in 2000, the year 2010, Sam had had a heart issue that would cause him to pass out, just drop. And he had many concussions from that before they found out what it was. But by then, he had dementia. He would get lost. He would, we were driving home from a trip, and right outside Tulsa, he just started talking to the secretary at the school. And I said, Sam, are you all right? And he just kept talking. And he finally pulled over. It didn't last long, but it was so strange because I knew that wasn't right. I knew there was a something going on in his head. And then 
after a year or so, uh, our family doctor said, you know, Kathy, Sammy, you have to, you have to face the fact that he has dementia. Through our life, Sam was very possessive. Like I said, he wanted to be with me. If he could not be apart, the only thing that he let me do without any issue was my nursing. But then it got to a point where he would come up to the nurse, to the hospital and want to visit and be upset because I couldn't visit. I was at work. Uh, he would tell me in the mornings, he would say, I don't mind if you work, but I, I'm going to take the truck and I'm going to go driving around. Well, he would get lost. It was a really hard time taking care of him. He was a minister for so many years, and yet he wouldn't go to church because he knew God would call him to preach. So we didn't go to church. But we always knew God was with us, but he just couldn't go to church. Then right before he died, he wanted, I had started coming here, and he wanted to come here, and he loved it here. He, he loved the pastors, especially Sam. He loved the people, and it surprised me because he never wanted to be involved in a big church. And then we had an accident that October, and it caused a severe brain bleed. And that was <clears throat> that was uh, the last time he came home. He was in a nursing home or in the hospital. He would become angry and strike out for just a second, and then it was over. Dementia is one of the hardest things for a person to go through, and a, the hardest thing for their family to go through, because you you don't know what to do. And then. F- Four months later, he died. I knew he was a Christian. I knew his his whole hope was in God, that when he died, he would walk with Jesus. I wasn't worried about him. But in the same sense, it gave me my freedom because I could not serve without him being right there. I could not go to the grocery store without him being there. And especially here at the church, I couldn't be on the teams that I'm on. I couldn't be at the groups that I go to because he would have to be with me. He was jealous, so I hug everybody. I I, I mean, that's just my nature. It's I almost think that it's a God-given gift because I do it all the time. Uh, But he would have not been able to stand me hugging the men because he had such a jealous part of him. And so it sets me free to serve God, to be what God wants me to be, and I pray with all my heart that someday I will get to see him be with him 
but before I do, I want to touch hearts. I want people to see what Christ is. I want people to know that love is the most important. You know, the Bible talks about that, that faith, hope, and love, but the most important is love. And I want people to see that, that only through Christ you can have the kind of love that we need to share. In Corinthians, we do talk, uh, Paul talks about, you know, some people should not be married. And that never made any sense to me when I was married, whenever Sam was around. But after he died, my eyes were open. And I realized that is what it's all about. I served in the church because I was the pastor's wife. I did a lot of things, but I never had the freedom. I took care of needs, but I never had the freedom like I have now. And so this season of my life has been extremely good for me. Well, and we talked about where you've seen the goodness of God in your story and just about how you married the right man, but you yes. couldn't take credit for that is what you told I, me. I could not take credit for that because Sam and I were both dumb and young, and only God could have done that. Our family was a family of divorce, but only God could have seen that need for each other and pulled us together like he did. That was even before we even thought about Christ. It was God was in the story. Isn't that beautiful? You can look back at your story where you had no business as a 14-year-old oh, no. marrying the right man, and no. God was there in the midst of it. He was in, in the midst. I mean, <laughs> my sister-in-law had to come over and show me how to cook. It was, I, I knew nothing I have a 14-year-old daughter <laughs> thinking of her getting married. Uh, she can make pasta. She can clean her bathroom. But I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, like that is, that is, yeah, that, that really hits home for me. Yeah. Well, Kathy, what would you say to someone who's struggling to believe that God is faithful? I think someone that is struggling to see God's faithfulness needs to listen, needs to hear the voice of God. Sometimes the only way to do that is to read your Bible because God speaks through his word or pray. God will answer your prayers. Faithfulness, faithfulness comes from inside. Faith comes from inside. God's faithfulness has been forever. We just have to accept it and not turn to man and not look at man. To look at the true source of what we have. God is faithful to answer our prayers. We just have to realize that his answers aren't always the way we want it to be. You know, I'm sure that me marrying at 14 wasn't a prayer answer for my sister who loved me dearly. I'm sure that it wasn't me having all those kids so quickly. I know my little brother, it just upset him so much. 
Um, but that was part of the story. You know, I've been listening a lot to that song, God is in the story. And I can think each time, I may not have felt him, but I knew he was there. He was in the story. And you just have to believe that. Mic drop. <laughs> that was amazing. Do you have anything? No, I think, I think you did a great job of giving us a great overview of just all the times that the Lord proved to be faithful to you time and time again. And I love being able to witness this last 10 years of your life. Like I didn't know you before Sam passed away, but seeing the joy and being on the receiving end of your amazing hugs, I can see the Lord's goodness in your life through the way that you love others. I appreciate that. Well, we love you, Kathy. I love all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for yes, inviting thank me. You. Okay, Kathy's story was amazing. It was a little shocking. The 14 year old thing got you. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, my daughter is 14. I know. I know. That always surprises me about her story whenever she says that. But. And then, but then to keep in mind that they were married for over 50 years. Yeah. I don't know that. Did she say that number? I don't know if she I didn't. I don't think I realized 50 I think years. it was 53, actually. That is amazing. Yeah. And she, and she said to me as well, that they were beautiful years. Mm -hmm. They loved each other, mm -hmm. particularly after Sam received Christ. I mean, that was sort of a beat of her story there that it was a beautiful marriage after that point because they had that in common, even through the hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm so glad that she shared her story with us. Well, what did you guys think? Since I knew it in advance and you were coming into it fresh, I'll give you a chance. I love, like, and I mentioned this a little bit while we were talking to her, like, we've gotten to see that, like, second part of her story um, since he passed away. And, and just, like, listening to her share what her life kind of um, looked like. It was almost like duty and responsibility were the main focus of what she did. You know, like she she felt really called to nursing and her family and serving in the church. But but there was almost this like, I do this because I'm supposed to or I do this because I have to. And and kind of that shift um, after her husband passed away of this is her freedom. This is her choice. This is her joy. And. And I may go a whole week without any other hugs, but I know I'll get one from Kathy on Sunday. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Every Sunday yeah. mm -hmm. she finds us. Yeah, I, you know, as a, I'm a mom. My kids are now like entering the teenage years, but I could put myself in her situation. You know, of course she was much younger when she had had her babies. But I remember when I was a young mom, it was really tempting to kind of feel like, well, this is it. This is my life. I'm surrounded by my children. They're great, but this is it. But it was during that time that Kathy, like, she kept, she she pushed herself. She went to nursing school. And like she said, she found her calling. Yeah. Um, and even her confidence. She talked about, yeah. like, not having much self-esteem and confidence. And I feel like nursing school kind of gave her that. Oh, for like, sure. Gave her. Oh, I am capable of more than what I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I love that. And, 
you know, and she lived that out. And now, you know, all these years later, she may not be a medical nurse anymore, but I was kind of joking with you guys. She's kind of like a spiritual nurse now, you know, like at church, those hugs, they're medicine for people that need them on Sunday mornings or the way that she cares for people, you know, at church, but also throughout the week. Like it is literally a part of who she is. Um, And I just love that, you know, I, I love that part of her story. I love how God worked that out. I do too. And I think there's such a negative connotation to widowhood. Mm-hmm. It's looked at like, oh, this is kind of the end for you. It's this is a sad part of your life. But I think what we're saying is actually it, there's a lot of joy in it for her. And and I'm I'm excited about that. And I think, you know, maybe it isn't widowhood for you, but maybe it's the understanding that there may be something that happens in your life that you think is just the end and it's just a death and it, everything's over. But actually God has a great, second plan for Mm -hmm. you the next stage of your life may be the best one yet Mm -hmm. it'll look different it'll be different probably than what you were imagining that doesn't mean it's bad his faithfulness and his goodness are there with you in that too yeah it makes me think of the book of ruth the beginning of her story really looks like the end of a story her husband's died her mother-in-law is leaving the country it just looks like she has no provider she has nothing what is she going to do it's over let's just go and live in poverty And yet it's the beginning of her story here. God had this plan for her as she follows her mother-in-law back. She, she finds this wonderful life that she had no idea was in store for her. She had purpose. She had joy. She had a part in the lineage of Jesus. I mean, so much more than she could have imagined as that woman, that widow in that moment, thinking that her life was over. Yeah. It's, it's a great redemption story. I mean, that's what the story of Ruth is. That's what Kathy's story is. That's what all of our stories are. God is always working redemption out in our stories and the hard things and the, the sad things, and, you know, all of it. He's, um, that's who he is, that his faithfulness is our redemption. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. One more story of his goodness. Oh, thanks, girls. This has been another episode of the City Women Podcast. We pray today's conversation has encouraged you and given you deeper perspective of how the Lord continues to work and move in all the parts of our stories. If you have questions or would like to share your own story with us, please email us at citywomen at citychurchok.com or click the link in our show notes. Please share this episode with a friend and invite others to listen along with you this season. We'll be back next week with another amazing story. And in the meantime, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at City Women OK. Mm-hmm.